Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have eye-opening conversations with all types of fascinating tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all you first-time and newer listeners. Really glad you're here and hope you're having a good day and staying out of trouble. And really quick, if you're looking for a good gift idea or decoration ideas for your home, head over to HealthyTango.com. I created some original Tango art, and you can now order prints of some of the pieces I've created. They can be printed on art paper or canvas. They can also be framed if you like. So head on over to HealthyTango.com and have a look. I'm sure you'll find something that will look great on your wall. More artwork will be added regularly. Okay, my guest today is based out of London, a huge tango aficionado. She is also a professional relationship coach, and recently she began teaching tango as well. And with me now is Yeva Kautzaitia. Yeva, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to be talking to you. Pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's really cool that you are a a professional relationship coach. I definitely want to get into that, but uh, first, I want to hear about your own tango story. So, how did you discover Argentine tango? Well, it's actually quite a long story, but um, if I'm talking briefly, I guess it was inspired by a film. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, most perhaps most people in Tango will know the film. It's called The Scent of a Woman. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, once I watched that film, I kind of was mesmerized by the scene. Um, you know, a blind man suddenly becoming confident on the dance floor and He's taking a lead, he's taking control, um, he's confident. And a shy lady suddenly blossoms in his arm and, you know, becomes somebody quite special, you know, and she's giggling and she's mm-hmm. overcoming her shyness. And I think that is, you know, the scene where I see two people having interesting and maybe sad life stories coming together in this dance and becoming almost like a different characters, you know, Mm -hmm. they suddenly surrender into something else. And I think for me, that was so fascinating. It, it it felt like, you know, this dance just brings some magic as we know, tango is magic. So after watching that, I just thought, you know, I really want to try, I want to try it. And I think, I was still at the uni at that time and a lot of time passed (laughs) until I actually got to the first tango class, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't just like immediate thing, but it was my 30th birthday. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, it's a special year. I have to give something special to myself. And I decided that a special gift will be a series of tango classes, something that I have been thinking for such a long time. And I just suddenly took the lead, you know, and (laughs) I said, okay, I'll give it a try. Um, Yeah, I think that's how I started um, dancing or learning to dance tango. Nice. Now, was uh, was this in London? Yes, it was in London. Okay. What was your very first tango lesson like? (laughs) <laughs> well I didn't I didn't have any expectations but um it was very small class 
it was only one tango teacher who's a man. Um, the rest of us, maybe six ladies in the room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the experience was that, you know, he was also dancing with everybody because obviously there were no other leaders. So he had to teach us, but he also had to kind of dance with us. And I remember one, one uh, memory that comes from that is that I was extremely nervous to come closer to the tango teacher because well there's a sense of you know what if I'm not doing it right how can I how can I make it right and you know in front of a handsome <laughs> handsome handsome person it will be even even harder so yeah I remember being nervous a little bit of frustrated because Again, that brings me to who I am, mm -hmm. that I, I am very critical to myself very often. I'm learning not to be as mm -hmm. critical as I used to be. But, <clears throat> but in my first tango class, I certainly experienced how critical I am. And not in, not in just in, in that class. After many classes, I still challenge myself, you know. Mm -hmm um being not good at, you know like thinking i'm not you know i'm not i'm not doing this right i don't know what to do and yeah just being really critical not not being able to relax the mind <laughs> which is i think is an essential thing in order for us to learn anything not just angle but anything really to is to be able to just relax and surrender to experience and be curious and don't don't put too much pressure on yourself because yeah. we are all beginners. And then later on, of course, I realized that in tango you are a beginner forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are never anything else but a beginner. Mm -hmm. um, so that changed a little bit my perspective towards mm -hmm. also being critical. To yeah. yeah, I find that with yeah. a lot of tango dancers, you're definitely not alone. A lot of us, I think, you know, are very self-critical we're perfectionists and in a way that's in a way that's bad because of course we always you know we kind of we're easily frustrated but in a sense that's kind of good because it kind of pushes us to be to be better and better so Eva, how did uh, what was it about tango that made you want to stick with it despite its uh, many challenges oh wow that is a big question so mm -hmm. that moment actually came after i only had three classes and after three classes our tango teacher invited everybody in the class to come and check out a milonga mm. and you know going to a tango well he said let's go to a tango club and I was so curious that I you know I was just so curious I was how does it look like what does it what is like to be in the tango club so I signed up completely, totally, you know, I didn't expect to dance, I didn't know how to dance, you know, um, but I wanted just to go and taste it, what, what is it like, what people are doing in there, and I was sitting in the club, uh, and suddenly a gentleman came to me and asked me to dance, if I can dance with him, and I did explain, you know, I said, I I'm not able to dance because I only had a few classes. So I'm sorry, I wouldn't be able to dance with you. But he persisted <laughs> to my big surprise. And he said, you know what? You'll be fine. 
and somehow I just trusted him, you know, he's, he's very, you know, obviously he, he's been, he's a good leader. He was a good leader and he wasn't afraid of somebody who's a beginner, mm-hmm. um, which I think I find it very admirable. Um, and, um, yeah, I just agreed to go with him to a dance. And then in that dance, I just, I don't know, I felt like the music was flowing through my body and mm. I somehow I was able to relax to the extent that I was not able to relax for a very <laughs> long time. Mm-hmm. And of course, that feeling of embrace, somebody's holding you and it was something that, again, I have never, you know, maybe not ever experienced in my life. And it was very warming, very comfortable feeling that mm-hmm. probably I was looking for a very long time. Um, so then I realized that I didn't need to. I didn't need to think much about what I do with my legs, mm-hmm. or I was just following him. I didn't think at all. I I remember closing my eyes, and when I closed my eyes. And we were dancing, I almost felt like the whole room disappeared, like everything, everything disappeared. I didn't know where I was like, it was almost like floating experience, floating on the air. And the music was doing its thing, mm-hmm. you know, flowing through <laughs> from yeah. my body and, and really moving me inside out. And it was the most beautiful experience. Uh, and and after that, I realized, oh, my God, you know, this is what I had been looking for for such a long time. The meaning, the connection, the trust, the, mm-hmm. the taking care of, um, the feeling of taking care, being taken, taken care of. Yeah. And I, I said at that point, I said to myself that I will never be able to give up that, you know. Yeah. There is so much in it that there is just so much in it that I can't, I can't give up on that. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. feels so special, you know? Um, and of course, after that, there, there was different kind of tango experiences right. you know, yeah, pleasant yeah. and not pleasant and <laughs> critical mind and, yeah. you know, but there would be once in a while time you have got this mm-hmm. experience where you just forget everything and mm-hmm. you feel totally connected for whatever reason it happens and yeah that's i think what people are looking for you know especially now that we are so disconnected mm-hmm. in this day and age i'm yeah. not just talking about corona but generally that we are so disconnected from everything mm-hmm. um i think it's so important to find something to to find a space where you feel mm, something special yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I love how you uh, you still remember that early experience of of this kind of being taken away. I'm glad that was you had a really good experience early on. Um, but yeah, so what were some other experiences along your tango journey, either positive or negative, that that shaped you as a dancer? There are a few experiences mm-hmm. that I would like to share, and yeah. one of the experience was that. Well, at the time, I w- this was a long time ago. This was probably four, four years ago, if not longer. Um, I was going out with the, the tango dancer. Mm-hmm. 
And so we were together, we were in the relationship. Um, um, but this relationship has ended now. <laughs> well, it has ended a long time ago. What was really not great about being in that space for me was I was critical enough towards myself, but he was very critical to me, towards me mm. um, as well. So it was really difficult for me to learn tango um, being, you know, it's already critical, you know, I already critical to myself, but then somebody else puts that extra criticism on me. Mm -hmm. It's going to make the whole Tango journey very, very, very difficult. So that was one thing. And also, I found that this is something that I don't appreciate. He was also very critical to who I was dancing. Like, for example, if I was dancing with somebody who he would consider a beginner, obviously, you know, that he mm -hmm. had an idea of who's a beginner, who's not a beginner, who's a good dancer, who's not a um, good dancer. He would also criticize me for looking bad in front of other people because I was choosing to dance with somebody who is not, well, lower below my level, let's say, for mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I didn't consider my level. I, I, didn't, I didn't feel that I was in any level higher, you know, than anybody else. But but that stayed with me for a long time and that stayed with me because i didn't like it mm -hmm. even after we separated i was still thinking that this is how it shouldn't be mm -hmm. and you know and maybe tango culture is like that but i really certainly don't appreciate that um and then i was thinking about no this is not right and I will do my best to figure out what is right for me, how I need to be and how I need to feel about this because I don't need to feel, I don't want to feel bad dancing with somebody who is a beginner or, you know, somebody who maybe have less experience dancing tango because I think it is a beautiful act of mm -hmm. giving, but it is also a beautiful act of, um, receiving and now I want to explain why it is an act of receiving mm -hmm. um, so I remember ex the particular example <laughs> where I uh, I was with my friends they are not uh, they're not my they don't dance tango at all and I was having a coffee and then after the coffee, I said I was going to go to an outside milonga. There was a summertime, mm -hmm. and you know, in the summertime, we have some outside milongas taking place. <clears throat> and I said, I am going to go to an outside milonga. And they said, Can we come with you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> to see what it's like. And I said, Okay, well, yes, yes, of course, you can come. And so they came with me. Of course, I wanted them to not only watch um, the, the space, because the space was created for anybody, really. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted them to also experience something, you know, something about tango. I actually 
encouraged one of them. I said, come over here, <laughs> you know, I'll show you a little bit of tango. And the showing didn't re wasn't really about me showing the steps or anything like that. I just, you know, embraced him. And I think I might have said something around, well, you are a leader. You can lead me and I will follow whatever you're going to do. Something along those lines. And, um, uh, you know, in the beginning, he was a bit, you know, I'm not sure what to do. And then suddenly, I don't know, maybe he looked at other couples and he started really like, I felt like he was doing big gears, you know. <laughs> and I, I really felt like I am dancing with an experience. Suddenly it wasn't a feeling of dancing with a beginner. I was, he was actually leading me. He was leading me. I didn't feel that he was a beginner. Um, although he had absolutely no idea about tango. He mm -hmm. had never learned any steps. I have not explained it anything. Yet he was able to lead me mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, you know, in a beautiful way. And I mm -hmm. really enjoyed that experience. And then, of course, I guess he built up his confidence. He might have thought, mm, yeah, okay, well, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> and he invited uh, somebody, another lady who was sitting to dance with him. And to not not too big of my not to my not to my surprise, he was not able to dance with that lady because this lady judged him. You know, he, you know, I think by the way he by the way she approached him by the I don't know maybe they maybe she didn't um, she didn't say anything to him, but it was clear that she probably at some point realized, okay, this is not a tango dancer. What is he doing here? Why, why he thinks that um, he can ask me to dance or something like that along the line. I think, you know, and it, I, I don't mean to say that it doesn't happen. Of course it doesn't happen. Maybe we have all experienced something like that. Yeah. We are, we are the judges, we are the worst judges of ourselves and the others. But that is just an example of how the mind, how the mind can influence what we can do and what we can't do. Yeah. And I feel that, you know, going back to my experience with my boyfriend who criticized mm -hmm. me for dancing with different people on the dance floor, I realized that to be able to be in the position where you make somebody feel confident and good and realize their potential that they haven't even thought they had, it's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift. It's a beautiful gift. So I think that, you know, we are denying by, you know, by and. I mean, everybody has got their opinions about this. And, and I know that some of the tango teachers and tango dancers encourage that, encourage maybe to dance with their level dancers. Um, but I feel there is some, something to miss about that. Mm -hmm. In that we can't, we can't really receive the gift of mm -hmm. giving. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a, that's an interesting segue into what I was gonna 
uh, talk to you next about, which is uh, your experiences as a relationship coach. And I think that's really fascinating because um, I'm a tango teacher. Other tango teachers out there, are, you know, listening, they're probably going to, you know, we all have had, um, you know, some idea of this dynamic while, while we teach and we, while we work with couples, but that's actually something that, um, that you, that you do all uh, professionally. So you've worked with a number of people. So I think you kind of touched upon this, uh, a little bit already, but what's, uh, what's a common problem that, uh, that couples have that you notice that you also, uh, observe within a tango partnership. And I think, um, you know, judgment, as you said, that's, that's definitely part of it. Is there anything, anything else that you, that you see? There was a lot of things. Yeah, I imagine. <laughs> There's a lot of things, but I think Tango very often shows the dynamics of being patient. That's one of, one of the, one of the things being patient and not only patient, but also present. Because I mean, tango really requires to be present mm -hmm. for another person. Um, so I think, you know, very often I would observe in a tango class, you know, two, two people learning something and very often a lady would be telling them the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the leader how he should step or you know what he should do or what he's doing wrong instead of actually being there and creating a space for him to figure out things mm -hmm. and this is a very common dynamic in the relationship as well and it's it's a very common dynamic where we lose that ability to be present because we start we start giving solutions or we start giving you know suggestions or we tell how things should be uh, instead of really being in a space where we are listening and we are considering what is it that the other person is saying or what is it that or maybe just leaving for them to figure out yeah. you know and and of course it's it's a difficult one it's not an easy one it just mm -hmm. as human beings we fall into that trap this is a very common um, thing that happens in a relationship mm -hmm. so presence is one thing the other thing is perception because there is a different ways of communicating and understanding things so for example well, we had a, a, a discussion yesterday with my, with my partner, Rob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about, you know, what does the word trying mean? Trying, you know, but for me, it associates with something that is heavy and you have, you have, you need to put so much effort to try to do something. And I was telling him, you know, how would, instead of trying, he would start doing things. Mm. Um, and then he said, but you know what? Trying doesn't have that connotation for me. Trying actually gets me to, to actually do something, you know? Mm. So this is just a, a very simple example of different perceptions that we have, because I think we are seeing the reality. We are seeing situations. We are seeing 
everything through our experience, through our own prism. And not everybody will see it the way we see it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes in a relationship, we, we create a person and we, we think that this person should do this and do that and understand this because this is the right way for me. But actually, they have got different life experiences. They understand things very differently. Um, and maybe very subtle shifts, maybe very subtle conversations and explanation of terms can change things around. Mm-hmm. So like in tango, for example, um, you know, that, that also happens in tango. And I think in tango, we can learn about that. We can learn how you can shift a perspective, how one movement can lead to something that we didn't expect. I remember having a conversation with a lady and I, I asked her how she, what tango has given to her. And she said, well, I learned to let go of things to let go of um to let go of ideas because you know tango is an improvisation mm-hmm. so you have to become open and spontaneous and creative in the moment you have to leave certain perceptions mm-hmm. behind in order to be able to carry on that conversation between the two people so yeah, I think that is that is common in the you know that that is a common ground with what we have the, the dynamic in their relationship as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that again you kind of touched upon this already, but this you know there I, when you get better at tango, and I guess also with, with relationships, there are some things that you say that we hang on to uh, that we don't necessarily mm-hmm. need to. So yeah, uh, what other things do you, do you feel that? Um, I guess with relationships and with tango, what are some things that people think are important at first, but you know, realize later on, maybe those things aren't quite as, aren't quite as important or something that doesn't end up being worth it to, to worry about so much. <laughs> I think that sometimes, sometimes people worry about the steps and the techniques. Mm-hmm. And of course that is, that is a big part of our you know physical training of course we have to train our bodies to to be ready however i feel that our mind has got a very very big part to play in our physical training in our physical abilities because you know you can try and stretch your leg (laughs) but if you think that you can't stretch your leg it will be impossible to stretch the leg Mm -hmm. but if you think that it's possible it's possible maybe you just need don't, don't need to don't have a way to do it yet but that is possible um then i think you can you, you can make a difference. Um, and 
And I mean, this is a very, very lame example, you know, stretching <laughs> a leg. But I think, you know, certain, well, I believe, you know, because I, I, I do think that, you know, I do stand the belief that our mind and our body is connected, interconnected. And sometimes if the mind is blocked, our bodies will be blocked. And sometimes, you know, and sometimes we have to work with our bodies, which, you know, as a result unblocks um, our mind. And that happens in tango. I know that happened also to me. Um, and sometimes the vice versa, you have to unblock something in your mind. So for example, for myself, I didn't find a way to really find a comfortable space being in an embrace, mm -hmm. in a, especially in close embrace. I'm not talking about open embrace. I'm talking about close embrace. Um, and what it took me to actually find a comfortable space within the close embrace is, is to really shift my mind that I can actually trust this person in front of me, that I allow myself to trust this person in front of me. Um, and when I can say to myself, when I can feel that I can trust, my body will follow that and my body will adjust so I feel totally comfortable. I don't need to hide myself. And my body will follow, my body will react to how comfortable I will feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I feel, and I, I, I do hear these stories with, not just with me, I, I hear that many women, many women mm -hmm. um, in a tango community has gone through that experience that it's, it's very often the close embrace, it's about your ability to trust somebody to trust that you can feel safe that you don't need to that you don't need to hold so so for me it was you know that I couldn't feel comfortable because I needed to hold myself all the time even mm. if I was in the embrace so so if I needed to hold myself in the embrace I, I wasn't able to let go I wasn't able to really relax into that embrace mm -hmm. Um, so that had to change in order for me to now feel physically connected with this person that I was dancing and close and comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Like we just said about the, the close embrace. I remember when I first started out, I guess I, I had, I used to have like really major, uh, personal space issues, which was really funny. And so that always made for an interesting dynamic with close embrace. But yeah, this is, you know, it's a different, it's a different energy, it's a different culture than what I was used to. And, um, you know, in the class, it's, this is all meant to be fun. And we're all friends there. And there was, you know, really no reason for me to be so, so uptight. And, you know, like you said, that letting go and, and trusting, I think is, uh, is, uh, is really important. And sometimes you meet the right person to trust and it's great. And sometimes you don't, but that's just, uh, that's just how 
<laughs> how tango societies go, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I feel there is, there is also the element of, you know, that we have been with this experience for such a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe from our childhood, we learned not to trust others. We learned, you know, for our younger ages, we learned at some point not to trust because we had a bad experience. Mm-hmm. So then um, when, when we are carrying that feeling, that emotion for such a long time, it just becomes our body naturally adjusts to that. And, you know, it becomes even, um, how should I say it? We are not even aware that this is happening. It just mm-hmm. becomes a normality. This is how our body is. This is how our body is when I'm with somebody in a close embrace. Mm-hmm. Or when I need to protect, when I need to protect myself, this is how I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, you know, tango is a journey for the reason because it takes time to learn to trust again or whatever you need to discover again something you need to discover it takes time Mm -hmm. because we have been preconditioned to something we have created a boundaries around ourselves and it's gonna be really hard to 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 just let it go straight away (laughs) it's not gonna happen like that it's not Mm -hmm. like a but in time i think that can happen and it certainly mm-hmm. happened to many people mm-hmm. yeah yeah so as a relationship coach and it's uh have you ever just out of curiosity have you ever had uh people that you've helped uh, have they ever taken up tango <laughs> um well i worked with um i i used to do before the COVID. i used to do mm-hmm. workshops about relationships and in those workshops i would include the subtle movement so taking from tango practice Mm -hmm. um these people normally would some of them would be already tango dancers who would be interested in that and some people would be non-tango dancers who doesn't know anything about tango and yeah and i haven't um well, I think if I would have had a tango class at the time and I would promote that you can come to a tango class, I'm sure that some of them would have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that some of them would have because they had quite a deep experience in that workshop. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, you know, when we actually, there is a difference between having the actual intellectual conversation about what needs to happen, what change needs to happen and why one needs to do that. And, and the experience where you are actually experiencing it and living through that experience through your body. So, you know, you're not intellectualizing anything. Mm -hmm. You are, you're experiencing that for your body and your body is your everything. That's you. That's your identity. That's your truth. That's your body never lies. <laughs> um, so, you know, when, when there is a realization or insight that is based 
and physical experience that you live through that is so much more powerful than an intellectual conversation. And sometimes, of course, we need to have an intellectual conversation. Mm -hmm. But if we can combine the intellectual conversation with the actual experience lived through the body, lived through our own essence, which mm -hmm. is our body, I think that could be, that is very strong, that is very powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, from my own, yeah, from my own experience, you know, from the experience that I have been leading people yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you, what you brought up about, you know, having that physical experience versus the, you know, intellectualizing um, the experience. And I think that uh, a lot of times we, we hit roadblocks in tango is because we, uh, we intellectualize when we shouldn't be or vice versa, you know. And uh, I think just kind of knowing those two basic categories would really help a lot of people out there who are learning tango. It's like, you don't always have to intellectualize everything sometimes, but, but not always. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a, that's a nice point you, you brought up. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I mean, yeah, I think, but tango is teaching again, maybe mm -hmm. in, in time, not, not straight away mm -hmm. because again, as human beings, I believe we are, we are drawn to intellectualize everything. We're drawn to think. We're drawn to think. We learn to think. Mm -hmm. And we are, we are less accustomed to being in our own bodies. So, but I think in time, the more we be in our bodies, the more something powerful can happen. Some insights can happen. Some realizations can happen. Um, yeah. I think it's very important. And, and I think, I think for that reason, Tango is one of the most powerful tools for self-development. It certainly is for me, mm -hmm. uh, for self-development, relationship development. Um, and it also is therapeutic, which yeah. I, I feel that, you know, a lot of people appreciate that Tango has got everything in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So before we, uh, before we, uh, I called you up here on, on zoom, uh, remember as we communicated, you had mentioned that teaching was, was something that was relatively new to you. And it's great that you're taking that step from being Tango student or you, I mean, we're always going to be students, but also taking that extra step of, uh, of, of being a Tango instructor. So, uh, yeah. How did that happen? How did you shift into, uh, into the teaching role? Well, I think um, the idea of Tango giving me so much, um, you know, when something gives you so much, you want to share what you give with others. I mean, you want to share what you receive with others. Um, because I am a coach, a relationship coach as well, it was just natural for me to, I mean, to be honest, I think Tango inspired me to be a relationship coach and specialize in that because I see how uh, relevant that is, you know, how important, like you learn everything there is mm -hmm. to learn about relationship in Tango whether it's a bad experience or, or, you know, or a positive experience, but you learn something. 
Um, so yeah, and, and teaching was always something close to my to my heart. I I always I always like to tell people things. I always like to share people something with people. So it was a very natural transition that I was just looking for opportunities. I was looking to collaborate with other tango teachers where I can, you know, participate in um, in their classes to start with. And then I kind of created my own, you know. Um, and um, yeah, I, 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 I feel so much joy teaching people. It's just because again, when you teach tango, you don't just teach about the steps. You do that as well, of course. Mm but it's a life you you realize that you're putting people on a journey that is a life-changing experience what is a non it's it's an honorable it's such an honorable profession yeah. to be a tango teacher <laughs> um so for me it was I don't know. There's a a word, no brainer. It was a no brainer. Yeah. I I have been already drawn towards that, and and of course I I am a slightly different maybe <laughs> teacher. I I try to be creative in the class, and I try to make the students feel confident mm -hmm. um, as much as I can, and. Um, just encourage them, you know, and maybe, yeah, be more in, in our bodies as opposed to think about things, mm -hmm. think about, um, I mean, yeah, it's important, of course, mm -hmm. but I, I, my aim is to really uh, enable them first. And I think, you know, enabling is a great, great, you know, great block to overcome. Mm -hmm before you go on a, on a further further journey yeah. <laughs> and also creating a passion i think that's that's another thing creating mm -hmm. a passion so you know telling stories about tango how tango feels how tango makes you feel and when you dance you know what's what what is tango music why it's important why it's why it's moving you in the way it moves you i think all of that is so important to share and i think also what i'm missing in all of the classes that i have attended um myself as a student is for tango teachers to be personal for tango teachers to be more personal like really sharing what, why it moves them, you know, why sharing their passion about tango, sharing why they're so passionate about it, why, why it's so important to them, because I think that is truly the inspiration for, for the students. And I think you know, there is there is this idea that tango needs to be professional. Um, yes, I guess it needs to be professional, but mm -hmm. at the same time, we are have to relate to our, to tango to tango students as people, 
because I think it is a personal journey. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the more of the person you can share with, with your students, the more, the more students you can touch, yeah. the more students you can move mm-hmm. yeah, inside Great. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Good. Good. Well, Yeva, um, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I could probably go on and on and on about relationships and, and tango and a lot of the dynamics there. Um, but yeah, how do we find out more about you online? Well, you can find me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, by my first name and, and surname. And I would certainly, you know, love to connect with different people around mm-hmm. the world, tango community around the world. We also, with a friend of mine, we created a um, a website called Dancing Conversation, Dance in Conversation, mm-hmm. which is actually we are creating an online tango community, um, and we are doing a lot of online events, and we are discussing all these interesting topics. So we are we are trying to touch on the psychology behind the tango you know and i think because we are in the time where everybody stopped dancing mm-hmm. um we are creating a space where tango can still thrive but in a different form um which is talking about tango, sharing everything we know about tango and connecting through conversations mm-hmm. about tango. So yeah, dance in conversation. Okay. <laughs> and it's a, it's a forum as well. So people can join the forum. They can subscribe and subscribe for our newsletter. Okay, great. So that's also on, on Facebook. Is that a Facebook group? Uh, that is a page. So oh, it's a page. yeah, okay. dancingconversation.co.uk. Okay. Great. So I'll have the links to that and also to your Facebook in our show notes. So people will be able to look you up, uh, learn more about you and yeah, hopefully join the forum and contribute to the conversation. That would be lovely. (laughs) Great. Well, Eva, thank you so much again for taking the time. I hope you're staying safe out there in London, not just because of COVID, but just kind of coping during the uh, whole uh, lockdown situation that so many of us are experiencing. Yes, thank you so much, Joe. I hope I wish you the same and and thank you for the wonderful work that you're doing. Thank you. It is greatly, I'm sure it's greatly appreciated by a tango community. It's always nice to listen about tango, especially at this time. (laughs) Thank you, Ieva. Okay, that was a fun conversation. We touched upon a lot of stuff that applies not only to tango, but to everyday life as well. Yeva mentioned having a lot of trouble with self-criticism early in her tango journey. To all you tango dancers listening, I think you can relate. I certainly can. Most people who become interested in tango and end up sticking with it are generally hardworking, high-achieving folks. And those are the very people who tend to be self-critical. So if that sounds like you, you're not alone. And at the same time, it's not a completely negative trait. Being self-critical often keeps us grounded, as you know, and motivated. But we also have to remember to, every now and then, step back and praise ourselves when we notice progress. Another great point that Yeva brought up was that tango is generally made up of feeling and intellectualizing. And sometimes we have a tendency to over-intellectualize the dance. We may approach figures and concepts and insist that they be understood 
and explained in a technical textbook way. Now, sometimes that is the case, but if we find that thinking and analyzing is causing our tango and enjoyment of tango to suffer, then perhaps we need to focus a little more on letting go and balancing things out with feeling and intuition. And I also liked what Yeva said about being present for our partners. We all know how annoying it is to talk to someone who listens only to respond or listens just to find something about us to judge. Unfortunately, that can also happen during the nonverbal conversation of tango. And it's great how Yeva points out that, as it is with spoken conversation, we as tango dancers should remember to just physically listen to our partners, to feel the connection and respond to it, not with the goal of judging or comparing or even agreeing, but just with the goal of understanding. So thank you again, Yeva, for sharing your thoughts and for your time. And a big thank you to all you listeners out there for tuning in. It really means a lot that you've made time to listen to the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a quick moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review. That really helps out. If you've been a fan for a while and would like to help keep the podcast going, you can make a secure donation through PayPal or join my podcast page on Subscribestar. Links are in the description. Thanks so much for your support. All right, you've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.